Welcome to Fish Casting Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner of Fish Facts TV. Um, happy New Year's. I just wanted to try and get a quick New Year's podcast out. I'm recording this on my phone, so I apologize in advance. No transitions, no nothing. This is literally from me to you. Tim's not here. Um, I just did a lot of fishing in Jacksonville, and then I did a lot of fishing before that since we did the two guest podcasts. I really haven't had the opportunity to talk about the fishing that we usually talk about in a couple weeks. So I just want to get a quick one, maybe 10 minutes, uh, maybe 15, and just talk about some of the fishing that I got to do with my dad in Jacksonville um, over the last couple weeks uh, when I was home for the holidays. So let's go. Real sound insert. All right, guys. So Let's talk about some fishing in Jacksonville. We went inshore, we went offshore, we did a ton of fishing. We didn't get to go too far out. Um, my dad said there was a lot of people getting into the Wahoo, um, like 50, 60 miles offshore in Jacksonville, but he has a 24 Sea Fox with a 250 on it. So for him, going offshore is not really uh, an option unless it's glassy. And while the weather wasn't too bad, glassy is not a word i would use to describe it so we did three inshore trips and three offshore trips so i'll just start out talking about the inshore trips kind of as one so in jacksonville this time of year there's obviously a lot of speckled sea trout there's a lot of sheep's head and there are a lot of redfish so those are your typical jacksonville fish that you can get year round um so in Jacksonville, one of the main places people fish is the jetties. So that's basically the inlet where the St. John's River comes out into the ocean. Unlike a lot of other inlets, especially here in South Florida, the jetties are really, really long. Like I would think nearly a mile, if not over a mile. So those jetties hold a ton of fish. It's you know, if, if I if I were to say you're looking on Google Maps, it's the most obvious place in Jacksonville. Giant rock piles that extend a mile out into the ocean. Um, and the channel there is about 50 feet deep. And then, um, you know, it's it's similar to the, the jetties at the Government Cut in Miami. They're just much, much longer. So on the on anywhere, my dad just has a few specific rock piles that he's familiar with. So one of the fish we targeted was sheep's head. Um, you heard me talk about sheep's head a couple weeks ago when I went to Mississippi. So a very similar fishery. Um, we had the best luck. So a lot of times in Jacksonville, especially fiddler crabs are a really good bait. Um, but this time of year, the fiddler crabs run uh, into deep water. So they're harder to get. You can't buy them from the bait shop, but uh, you can occasionally catch these oyster crabs, which are look similar to fiddler crabs. Uh, sheep's head are not picky. If it's a crab, they'll eat it. Um, so we were able to find a couple of those, but our primary bait uh, was live shrimp. So as I told you in Mississippi, I was using live shrimp heads uh, as my primary bait for those sheep's head, but I was having the most luck in Jacksonville on a whole live shrimp threaded on a jig head. Um, unlike Mississippi, we were fishing a little deeper. These rocks, you know, you're really casting up on top of the rocks and kind of letting the bait roll down to the fish. So we did that. Um, 
three days because we have to go through the inlet anyways when we're fishing offshore so we did a little bit of inshore and a little bit of offshore fishing mixed together um so in doing this we caught probably about eight or nine sheep's head and we didn't really spend a ton of time trying to catch these sheep's head you know we, we were getting one about every 15 or 20 minutes so the fishing was never hot but the fish were there and if you want to fill your cooler with sheep's head they're one of my mom's favorite to eat you know they're one of my favorites to eat so having that sheep's head fishery there is very convenient but mixed in with the sheep's head you also have very large redfish so we picked up four again guys i'm sorry about all the background noise i'm recording this on my porch and there's all sorts of planes and cars but anyways we caught four redfish um three were over slot one was a 25 incher so the very top inch of the slot we let it go anyways but uh those those over slot redfish are just a blast i personally caught one um and i had another one right up to the boat and it came off um which we didn't get to see but based on where it was hooked how it was hooked and how it was fighting we're like 90 percent sure it was a redfish it was right after my cousin had caught that 25 inch uh, slot fish so i think it probably was a slot it didn't fight as hard the over slot fish was probably 31 32 inches that i i caught and that thing was pulling me all over the place i was able to turn around the one that i lost pretty quickly um but i mean those big redfish are always going to get good runs and they just sit on these jetties in uh jacksonville and it's a very you know if you drop if you come out of the cut you'll see six seven eight boats just right on those jetties so that the ends of the jetty so that's an obvious spot um obviously you can fish the sides too and it is such a productive fishery um i haven't posted any of these videos yet but if you go back to some of the videos i was posting in april catching spanish mackerel and bluefish and jacks it's the exact same spot so just depending on the type of the time of year you know those those jacks and spanish mackerel come in uh in march and october november time frame but um right now it's mostly sheep's head and redfish kind of mixed together and a nice treat uh, i got mixed in with those fish was a black drum um those juvenile black drums are really cool um you know it's probably 21 22 inches so not a small fish and you know we're using our light tackle uh pen reels so it was a lot of fun uh to pull that little black drum they fight pretty similarly to sheep's head um for you know i think i was catching 13 14 inch sheep's head and i caught about a 20 inch black drum the fight wasn't that different but obviously when you hook onto a redfish you know um it's something different so on top of that we fished for some sea trout uh, we have another spot right in the river near um, a creek in jacksonville called sisters creek um, and again we never really sunk a lot of time into catching those sea trout we just caught you know we'd fish for a little bit on our way in and offshore you know my cousin got in late one afternoon so we fished for him for like an hour hour and a half um, one of the redfish we did actually pull in our sea trout spot and it was uh, another over slot redfish but the sea trout similarly it, it didn't seem to matter if we were using a carolina rig or a jig head um, i caught them on both and we were using live mud minnows and live shrimp and just kind of drifting those on the bottom. Um, if you saw my Tampa trout fishing video, again, I'm gonna save 
my heavy discussion on my Tampa trip uh, until Tim's back. But uh, similar to trout fishing there, just a, a light weight, enough to keep that bait in the strike zone and not get you hung up on the bottom because there's a, a rocky bottom there. And we were having a lot of luck. I believe most of the sea trout we were catching were just under. Uh, in Jacksonville, they have to be 15 inches. So the majority were under that uh, 15 inch length, but it was still a blast because that spot, especially the first three or four casts, we were getting hit and then it would slow down a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe one fish every 10 minutes, but uh, usually the first two or three casts, we'd be getting hits. So I caught probably five or six uh, sea trout, just literally you from where because my, my parents live on the river from my parents' house to the pass, you have to um, pass this spot. So it's like one minute out of our way when we were going offshore fishing, we can just hop onto the jetties or hop onto this other spot and pull out a couple trout or a couple reds. And uh, those reds are really some of the most fun fighting fish. So now I want to talk about offshore fishing we did. Um, it was a little deeper. We were primarily from like 58 to 70 feet deep. So if you're familiar with Jacksonville, that's from like the five to nine mile range. Uh, you know, we weren't going far off. And it's, it's kind of a weird area there. You know, primarily we were trying to catch black sea bass. Um, that's like the primary meat fish this time of year. Um, but the black sea bass were thin. Uh, thinnest I've probably seen it in recent memory. You know, we probably caught a dozen black sea bass in three trips. Um, and to put that in perspective, we probably caught well over 100 red snapper. So, you know, the ratio of black sea bass to red snapper was 1 to 15, I would think. And all of the black sea bass were small. They were just mixed in with those snapper. We couldn't really dial in those black sea bass. But the red snapper, on the other hand, were ravenous. I have never, ever, ever in my life, again, it's hard. There were a lot of red snapper in Mississippi too. So it's hard to, we didn't spend as much time trying to catch them in Mississippi. So it's hard to say whether or not these red snapper were more or less ravenous than the ones in Mississippi, but these were incredibly ravenous. So the first day we went out there, we caught a ton. Obviously they're out of season. Most of these were undersized, but they're still fun. Um, I actually, for Christmas, I got a, uh, bait runner 8000 Shimano so and I got it on a uh, star rods Marflex so I was using my new combo which was really awesome you know I want to use that for muttons and stuff here in Miami but um, but uh, that was that was really awesome getting to pull them up on my new rod we were using mud minnows we were using shrimp and now we get to the exciting stuff so after the first day of catching so many i decided i wanted to try some different baits um so i kind of raided my parents refrigerator and brought out a couple different more unique baits to try because uh, oh also the first day we went out there i caught two on a bear hook they were literally so ravenous i dropped it down there and jigged it a couple times and i caught two on a bear hook so we came back a couple days later. I raided the pantry. I got turkey bacon. I got Christmas leftover ham. Um, I got bratwurst. I got cheese, bacon, and oranges. So I wanted to try these different baits, see what I could do. Um, the the most uh, the most productive bait of those was the ham. So I want to say I caught three on ham, 
and I caught two on turkey bacon. And we pulled one up when I switched back to shrimp after using the turkey bacon, and it had turkey bacon in its mouth. So clearly the fish enjoyed the ham, the fish enjoyed the turkey bacon. The bratwurst and the cheese were getting a lot of bites, but I couldn't get them to stay on the hook. So they liked the bratwurst, they liked the cheese, they were getting hit almost immediately, but I think the bratwurst, maybe if it was cooked, but the fact of the matter is it's ground meat. So unless you like froze it onto your hook or something like that, I just don't know how you could get that bratwurst you know, hard enough to stay on your hook. And then the last thing was the bananas and the orange. That was obviously kind of a stretch. Obviously snappers are meat eaters. I didn't think that they would be wanting to go for those, but I feel like I did get a, a little bite on the banana, um, but I couldn't say for sure. And I tried the peel and the meat. The meat didn't stay on, um, but overall it was fun kind of trying out those, you know, after talking to Brian, the CEO, and you know, watching some more of him and Monster Mike's videos, they do a lot of challenge type videos. So I think I'm gonna set those up as like a red snapper challenge a different way. I, I still haven't totally um, figured that out. I'm, I'm gonna do the inshore video. I posted another video from Miami um, a couple weeks ago, or not a couple weeks ago, earlier this week. Um, but I had a lot, of, a lot of fun catching the red snapper on the different baits. And then, um, the next thing I wanted to try was lighter rods. So my cousin Rhett brought his ultralight. So the first thing I wanted to do was try to catch one on the ultralight. I think Rhett probably caught a dozen on the ultralight. I caught two on the ultralight just to say uh, that I did it. And then I decided I wanted to raise him an ultralight and bring out my nephew's uh, Paw Patrol children's rod. This thing is like three feet long. Um, I'll post a picture of it uh, on social media and it has six pound test no leader just use a one-on circle hook and a knocker rig and uh i caught two on it i caught two uh you know they weren't very big i mean they were bigger than you know 95 percent of the mangrove snapper that i'm catching in miami so they put up a great fight um and it took a while to get them in but there's just not a lot of cover in those spots and uh, i was able to pull them out on those really, really light, um, ultralight, or not ultralight, um, children's Paw Patrol rod. Um, so that was a blast. Um, I was kind of tired of catching snapper. Um, you know, we can have our whole debate on snapper policy when Tim's here. Um, but one of the reasons why I was okay catching snapper was because of the depth um, snapper, red snapper, obviously all snappers suffer from borrowed trauma when you pull them up from uh, too deep. But kind of as I mentioned uh, around the Mississippi fishing, if you're catching them uh, as shallow as 70 feet, they don't really get that barrow trauma. They, they can survive getting reeled in. And so all of these snapper were surviving, you know, where it was basically like might as well we would have been catching nine inch mangrove snappers um we caught a couple bigger ones that would have been keepers because on the east coast they have to be 20 inches in state waters but it seemed like the main or the red snapper knew where the state waters and also whoever is in charge of building reefs in jacksonville because there were no reefs just inside that state waters line so i wouldn't be surprised if you could find them right inside that three mile line but the problem is there's no public uh, rocks or reefs there. Um, so, but they have to be 20 inches. So most of the ones we were catching were 16, 
17 inch fish so it was it was very frustrating for me but at least these fish weren't getting barotrauma they were all swimming back down they were all surviving um so that's the most important part like if you're heavy into red snapper or red snapper out of season and you're over 100 feet deep and all these fish are dying then you should change spots but if these fish are all able to swim back down um on their own then you know the survivability rate is very high um it's higher much higher than would be a sea trout um, or a lot of other inshore species um red snapper are troopers as long as uh they don't have the barrow trauma so the next thing i want to talk about one of the biggest fish i've caught in a long time it was a black drum uh we were catching black sea bass we were catching some red snappers we were catching a lot of grunts and even some bluefish which i'll talk about bluefish and spanish mackerel last but all three of us hooked up at exactly the same time with monster fish so we all hooked up on these fish we were using very light tackle because the fish out there were very small and we just all three of us got taken to school so i had the biggest rod i replaced my 20 pound leader with 30 pound leader and uh you know i had that 8,000 um bait master not bait master live whatever the real shimano reel that i just talked about earlier um bait runner i had that one down there and i hooked up i was the first one to hook up the second time around on a little tiny piece of squid and boy this thing fought you know we have seen overslot bull redfish here at this spot in the past and that's kind of what i was hoping um that we were going to catch but after a while i kind of gave up that dream and figured that i must have had a shark there was no way uh, a redfish could be fighting this hard you know i probably fought the fish for well over five minutes Finally, we get it up to the boat and it is a monstrous black drum. Um, um, I knew we weren't going to keep it, so I didn't want to pull it all the way up on the scale because um, it can really damage those large fish like that. But I think it was 50 pounds. Um, I haven't caught a big black. I mean, it was definitely the biggest black drum I ever caught. I've caught a couple good ones in Truckalusky a couple years ago, and I caught a couple good ones um, in tampa i guess my dad is a kid my dad was getting a lot of them in the jacksonville area a couple years ago but i'd never caught one like this and especially in deep water like that we we're in 70 feet so he did have some trouble with barrow trauma we were able to my dad has a releasing device we were able to get him back down but he had to be heavily vented and i'm not sure that uh he was able to survive he never came up so hopefully it survived you actually can keep those black drum that size but the ones that size are often full of worms. So we weren't um, we weren't trying to keep it. And it would have been a ton of meat. You know, these are old fish. Fish was probably 20, 30 years old. So it was a beautiful fish. Um, I, I also have some pics of that I'll, I'll put on Instagram when I post the video. Um, I put it on my Instagram story, but it was a really awesome fish. Uh, and then the last thing I want to talk about is bluefish and Spanish mackerel. So I was under the impression that, that at this time of year, most of the Spanish mackerel are here in Miami. Hopefully... This coming week, I'm going to do some more Spanish mackerel fishing. But uh, we caught a couple in Jacksonville. I think we caught three or four. Uh, just throwing a gotcha plug on this wreck. We were actually fishing for the bluefish because we probably caught 20, 25 uh, bluefish. And my dad likes using those for shark bait, which you obviously can't keep them. They're a little, uh, they're known to be a little oily. But uh, my dad likes using them for shark bait because they're oily. So we were, we were catching them and throwing them in the live well to use for shark bait. And we caught you know we caught our limit the the second day of it's three bluefish per person so we caught um nine bluefish or uh, i mean we caught more than that but we caught nine keepers that uh that we threw in the well and we let some other ones go but uh it was a lot of fun bluefish are such good fighting fish 
these were all small, but they were hitting anything. I mean, we were catching them on squid. We were catching them on uh, cut bait, and they were just uh, just ravenous. So it was a lot of fun. We caught a ton of fish. You know, for the first time in a while, I shut off my camera because I knew I already had enough content. People don't really love the Jacksonville videos nearly as much as they like the South Florida videos. So I just shut off the camera and fished for fun, uh, and it was a really great time getting to fish with my dad. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Hopefully, Tim will be back and we can get one up early next week, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, I'm planning to fish a lot back in Miami next week. And so uh, have a happy new year. Remember to subscribe and rate us if you can give us five stars on iTunes or Spotify and tell your friends and keep the, the getting the message out. Thanks.